Hello, my friends. Welcome back, or welcome if you're new. This is Black Magic, a podcast where I pull a tarot card and I talk about it. I'm Sarah Black, and I'm an extremely powerful witch. Please tell all of your friends. And I've been missing, (laughs) or I've been out of commission, I guess, for a little while. Apologies. Not that... (laughs) anyone is relying on this podcast but uh yeah I last episode was in Vancouver and had talked about returning to Montreal for a bit and I have since done that and now I am back in BC uh I believe I mentioned this but when I returned to Montreal I had a wisdom tooth removal scheduled and that happened and it all went well but I was definitely knocked on my butt for a little bit and had to take some time to recover from that and then when I finally recovered I took a little road trip to Quebec City had a great time came back from that and got COVID (laughs) for the first time so that really threw me for a loop as well. (laughs) I took some time to recover from that. And then when I finally had recovered, I was on my way back to BC. So I've been here for two weeks. I'm in Kelowna, uh, here to celebrate my sister's birthdays, which are this weekend, both of them. And yeah, it's been a weird month, month and a half, however long it's been. Time uh, doesn't really have any meaning for me right now. I'm still unemployed and honestly loving it. (laughs) I don't really miss the corporate grind, that's for sure. Um, But yeah, it's been a weird couple of months. (laughs) But I'm here and back and mm, yeah, I have some thoughts to share about the card that I've been contemplating for, you know, a month and a half now. And that is the Six of Pentacles. And I kind of really struggled with this card, the themes of it. Not struggled, but I did not feel very inspired by the initial thoughts that I had about it. So the Six of Pentacles, um, I'll get into the card descriptions in a minute but basically on first glance my initial kind of research and and feelings about the card um, were all about kind of like appreciating what you have in dark times Um, which you know is a great message but (laughs) like felt a little I don't know cliche or I just kind of felt every time I tried to record an episode that everything that I was saying was just kind of meaningless and trite. And yeah, I didn't feel good about what I was talking about. So this is like my third attempt at recording an episode for this card. But I feel like I've got a good handle on the meanings that are relevant to me right now anyway. So hopefully they resonate with you as well. So yeah, uh, let's get into the cards. So I'll start with the Waitsmith version of the card, which is the more traditional tarot deck. So we have 
three figures, um, one standing and two people kneeling at the foot, at the feet of the, the first figure. And that first standing figure is doling out like coins um, in, from one hand and in the other hand, they're holding scales. And then the two people at their feet are like, you know, they seem very destitute and like they, like they're, they need a hand, um, which this person is providing. And I think that that is really, you know, obviously there are themes of charity and giving and receiving that come to mind, lending a hand in times of need. Um, those are all kind of very obvious themes that you can pick up just looking at the card, but I keep being drawn back to the scales on this card. And it had me thinking a lot about balance, which is something that I think I really struggle with (laughs) as a person with uh, very strong Aries placements and very numerous Sagittarius placements. Um, I'm kind of like a all gas, no breaks kind of person. I really, especially when I'm taking on like new projects or, um, anything that really kind of captures my interest, it gets all of my interest. If you've ever had a conversation with me about succession, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. I just, it's like all consuming. I really hyper fixate. Um, that could also be the self-diagnosed ADHD that I probably have. I think that's like a, a symptom of that. So I have a tendency to get really, really into something and give it my all and burn out all my energy. And then I lose interest or I no longer have the energy to devote that level of attention anymore. And it just kind of falls by the wayside. Um, so (laughs) a great example of this is me publishing like four episodes of this podcast weekly, and then you guys not hearing from me for a month and a half. That's very classic. Um, so balance is definitely something that I, it's challenging. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's a challenge for me to kind of maintain that equilibrium in my life in different areas. And something I've been thinking about a lot lately is how being laid off and not having full-time employment occupying most of my waking hours has really shifted everything around on my plate. And I think I've just been, I'm still learning how to rebalance everything. I think in the initial, you know, couple weeks, month after being laid off, it felt kind of like vacation mode which was great. (laughs) I really enjoyed myself. But now, you know, it's been almost three months, I guess, since April, May, June. Yeah. (laughs) Three months since I've been laid off and I am finding new ways to focus my attention rather than just I feel like previously I would split it between my working life and my creative life and then anything left over got kind of 
divvied up for a social life and self-care and those trivial things. (laughs) And now I have so much more time in a day. And I think I kind of automatically assumed that my creative focus would take over that new free time. But that has been really difficult too, because it's really hard to create when you're not feeling inspired and it's really like inspiration, like you need to refill your inspiration cup. I've talked about this book before, but the artist way, it's very like very popular. (laughs) I'm definitely not the first person to read it or claim that it's life changing. But in this book, Julia Cameron talks about the idea of like replenishing your inspiration and your creativity through artist dates, weekly artist dates, where you just go and do something that isn't really related to the art that you typically create. So if you're a writer, maybe go take a painting class. Or if you're a photographer, um, go and, I don't know, watch a play or something like that. It's just something that you do for yourself to kind of refill the wells of creativity that you and inspiration that you draw from when you're creating and in this last like month and a half especially with you know recovering from the wisdom tooth removal and from covid and not really having the energy or the ability to refill those creative wells I was trying to record episodes for this like I made two previous attempts and I just felt so like unhappy with what I was saying didn't feel like it was even worth publishing an episode about this card because I just I don't know it just wasn't sitting right with me and in the last couple weeks I decided to rather than continue to be really frustrated with myself that I wasn't keeping up that initial output of weekly episodes and I wasn't able to tap into something like some really meaningful inspirational message to share with everyone I was just going to take a break for however long I needed to because I'm really on my own timeline I'm the only person rushing myself And it wasn't helping at all. So instead of every day getting really frustrated that nothing new was coming to mind, I would just get up, you know, do my morning pages, have a little breakfast. And I haven't been doing weekly artist dates because, well, I'm in Kelowna and I don't... (laughs) It's not that there's no art here, but it's hard to get to. I'm in West Kelowna and I don't drive. So it's basically just been me hanging out at my mom's and I've been, (laughs) my mom has a treadmill and my family has a treadmill and I've been very into cardio lately. I'm in my cardio era and it sounds really fucking stupid because I, again, like the Aries ADHD person I am have gotten very into it and I talk about it like I fucking invented this but whatever um whatever keeps me motivated and keeps me interested and keeps me happy but that's what I've been kind of that's been my project the last two weeks I've done it almost every day except for two days this week because I had uh hot girl tummy issues that (laughs) 
had me in bed for two days, basically. But like 10 out of the last 12 days, I've done an hour of cardio every day. And that's been kind of my little my little project for the past couple of weeks. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm not an athletic or even active person generally. Like I'll go for mental health walks like it's a chore and not really enjoy myself. But when I was in Vancouver back in May, I was walking to the beach a couple times a week through Stanley Park. And it's like probably a 30, 40 minute walk. And I was feeling so great in my body and in my mind, like the combination of the sunshine and fresh air and walking through nature and just feeling really like strong in my body and having all of this time, not worrying about, oh, I got to get back to the apartment because I have a Zoom meeting at one just felt so fucking good. And I got really (laughs) like addicted to it. I felt almost manic. Um, but I think that's just how normal people feel. (laughs) I shouldn't say normal, (laughs) well-adjusted people feel. Um, and I thought I would like more of this. (laughs) So my plan was to start working out more when I was in Montreal, but again, I got sick. So since arriving here in Kelowna, I've been really hitting the treadmill hard and I feel really good and I feel like not having a job has like a obviously freed up a bunch of time for me to fill with other things like doing an hour of cardio every day but also it's I think I can sometimes get really stuck in a routine like when I'm in Montreal I work my little remote job and I sit at my desk most of the day and then once that's done I go on TikTok for two hours and then I think about what I want to eat to dinner eat for dinner and then you know I either order something or I make dinner and watch my little show and I go to bed and when you do that every day for well I've been in Montreal for four years now and I was at you know my last job for about that long as well uh It's hard to break that routine. So yeah, being laid off has definitely shaken up that structure of my day. Uh, You know, that's the theme of the last card that we talked about in the previous episode. And I just feel like it's been such a great opportunity to rebalance my focuses and my energies and, and where I'm putting those into things that are more healthy and not just working a job so I could make money for other people. (laughs) So to bring it back to the Wait Smith card a little, I think that the scales here kind of remind us that we have to be open to receiving as much as we are to giving. Otherwise, we're going to burn ourselves out. Like that, the figure standing, you know, doling out the, the coins with the scales is just as significant in that card as the two people kneeling at their feet. I think we have to let ourselves slow down so that we can rest and gather strength and inspiration. And that way we have something to draw from when we swing back into creation and, you know, developing. You can't, it's that concept of like, you can't pour from an empty cup. But at the same time, (laughs) be careful 
not to let inertia take over. That's something that I also, I struggle with a lot is like once I kind of stop, it's really easy to like get comfortable and get cozy and then have to struggle so much more to get going again. So, you know, if I skip an episode or a week or two of publishing an episode, that can very easily turn into three, four weeks. So it's all a balancing act. It's all like, you know, allowing yourself the rest that you need to recover and restore, but also not getting complacent and not letting inertia take over. The longer that we rest and wait, the harder it is to regain that momentum that we that we have achieved and we risk losing interest or focus or willingness to do the work that it takes to yield the results that are, you know, that can be really motivating for us. I think this applies to not just that like concept of balance. It's not just about like areas of your life too. It's like the people in your life um, and how if you're dedicating too much focus and energy on one person or a group of people and neglecting another group of people, like you have to rebalance that if both groups of people are of value to you or each person is of value to you. So for example, like if you're dedicating all of your time and energy and focus into work and, you know, networking and that, that hustle, you know, that might come at the expense of your loved ones, your family, your close friends who you're not making enough time for, who when you do hang out with them or you do see them, they feel like you're distracted and because you're constantly, your energy is constantly focused on that other area of your life. It's about having balance and sharing that energy and that focus equally amongst all of the people in your life that matter to you. Another theme that the Wait Smith card asks us to contemplate is not just giving help where it's needed, but also being vulnerable and asking for help, which I think is something that so many people struggle with. I know that from experience, both in seeing other people be very afraid to ask for help, but also with myself. Um, I think we might resist asking for help because we've had previous traumatic incidents <laughs> where we feel like we've been let down or we've been burned. People have just like disappointed us because they've either not been able to deliver the help that we've asked for or they've reacted to our ask for help in such a way that it's made us feel unsafe. And we've kind of thought to ourselves, well, I'm not ever going to ask you for help again. And I'm also going to struggle to ask, ask anyone else for help because I'm scared of them having a similar reaction. But I think that's something that, you know, as you get older and realize that nothing is personal, any reaction that people have to you is usually more about them than it is you. So you can't, it does, you're doing yourself a disservice to hold your past experiences against other people or even sometimes that same person. Like there have been times where sometimes you can be really disappointed by someone when you've asked, when you've needed them in a time of hardship 
And then later on, you find that person come through for you. Like people are ever fluctuating. But I don't think you do yourself any favors when you try to hold yourself apart from your loved ones, your friends, your family, and keep yourself isolated and walled off and never have to ask anyone for anything. Because, I mean, not only are you suffering needlessly often when you're doing that, but also you're not giving the people in your life an opportunity to love you and care for you, which is often all they really want to do. I feel really privileged to know multiple people in my life who have been there for me in really dark times. And, you know, (laughs) I don't love when they also go through dark times, but part of me feels honored to be able to repay the favor if I'm able to provide some kind of support or some kind of, like, whatever they need. If they reach out and they ask me for it, I'm only... I'm like more than happy to give. So when you don't open yourself up to that level of vulnerability, you're not able to connect in that way. I think that's something that the pandemic really reinforced for me is this idea of community being so important amongst you and your loved ones. Like just having people that you know that you can lean on when you need to, and being able to reciprocate when they need it. I feel like when I've shifted focus to those people in my life, those people who are a support to me and who I feel honored to support when they need it, like that has forged the deepest, strongest friendships that I've ever had in my life because I'm not spending energy or focus on people who don't have that same commitment to me. And also asking for help doesn't necessarily have to be about charity. It can be you putting out into the universe that you need new work or you're looking for, you know, someone to commission for a project or someone to collaborate with. Like there's so many things that you can just put out into your community, put out into the universe that you need in your life. And you never know who's going to have the opportunity for you. You never know who's going to see your ask and be like, oh, I actually know somebody who is looking for exactly the type of service that you can provide or has like an amazing opportunity that you would be perfect for. And if you keep all of your cards close to the vest all the time and you never let people know what you need or what you're interested in or what you're working on, then you'll never know about those opportunities. So I think expressing yourself, expressing your needs, expressing, you know, what you want more of in your life, like actually verbally, (laughs) invites more of that into your life. And I haven't really touched on this card yet, but the Wild Unknown version of the Six of Pentacles is a little bit more um, simple. (laughs) It's a bit, there's not as much context as there is in the Waite Smith card, but the Wild Unknown Six of Pentacles is a branch 
against a dark background. So it's like nighttime or, or some, or stormy. And it has six orangey red pentacles growing off of this branch. And to me, they kind of look like fruit or flowers. And I get this idea of like a branch blooming in the darkness. And so of course, when I think about that, I think about what I touched on earlier, which is just being really grateful for what you have in times of darkness, being grateful for the people that you have in your life or the resources that are available to you. Like as an example, being laid off, not the best, I guess, life development for most people. But at the same time, this has freed up so much time for me to be in my cardio era and, you know, travel around and spend lots of time with my family and friends without worrying about coordinating a work day and Zoom meetings. And, you know, I've been able to spend three months recovering from burnout that I didn't even know that I had. And now I'm like forging a new relationship with my body and learning how to be like a healthy, well-balanced person. (laughs) And I never would have had that if I hadn't gotten fired. So thanks later. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's so easy when we're in a time of hardship to focus on the negatives. I think another example of this is, you know, when my dad passed away, I had, of course, I was just absolutely heartbroken and grief stricken and cried and cried. And the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. But even while I was going through it, I still couldn't help but think like how grateful I was for my family and that I was able to be there with them. And we all kind of felt the same loss and having that recognition within each other of like we all knew exactly how monumental this moment was and how deeply we were all grieving as horrible as it was there was comfort in being able to share that with people who had known my dad the same way or a similar way and you know, beyond my family, I had friends that were really there for me and, you know, just being able to support me or showed me little like tokens of kindness that I still think about to this day. Like it also showed me or it taught me, I guess, the, I, I think so much about the value of time with people now, like quality time. I, don't think that I appreciated that as much before as I do now. And I think about it a lot, just how brief life is. And, you know, people make fun of me (laughs) for being very morbid and thinking about death a lot. But I mean, the reality is that that is where we're all heading. And, you know, if that's not something that... (laughs) occurs to you every single day of your life like okay well not relatable but good for you um but it's something that I really I think about a lot because I don't think that we ever have enough time with people that we really love 
So the time that I do get, I think because I've experienced that loss, I appreciate so much more. And I wouldn't have that if I hadn't gone through that loss. So that's what the Six of Pentacles in the Wild Unknown kind of says to me, is just this, even in dark times, even through hardship, even when you feel like your world is ending, there are still glimmers of brightness, of these blooming flowers or this fruit that sustains you know fruit drops off a tree and gets consumed by animals and then they excrete (laughs) the seeds you know further on and that's how you know plants spread and continue to grow and I think there's something to that of like having these small sparks these glimmers of joy and dark times and sharing them with people kind of just helps spread that even further and encourages more more glimmers more more joy whatever that looks like so that's the six of pentacles I don't know I'm gonna try to record another episode while I'm still here in Kelowna I'm in BC for a little bit so hopefully next week or the week after we'll see I don't know I'm just doing what I want right now. Um, A couple of things to mention, though, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, The podcast is now available on Spotify. posted about this on Instagram, but if you missed it, um, I think the, like, Substack podcast is not the best through a web browser. I have heard that feedback. There is, like, a Substack app that you can download that the podcast is better in, but now you can also listen on Spotify if that's where you listen to your podcasts. And I think it's on Apple podcasts as well. I think that's just like automatically published over there. So I'm like a real legitimate podcast now. And then in addition to that, a little announcement, I also have turned on paid subscriptions for my Substack. So what does this mean or change for any of you? Not really anything. Um, I think once I have something more strategic in mind in terms of the newsletter and the podcast, I like I'll probably want to do paid content to kind of incentivize. Maybe, I don't know, I feel really weird about asking for money for something like this where I'm not a professional by any means and I'm just kind of doing it for fun but I would love to not ever have to work for someone else ever again (laughs) I don't know if that's realistic but I'll never know if I never try so if you go to sarahblack.substack.com you can now upgrade to a monthly or annual subscription it's like five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year and yeah, that will not get you really anything extra other than my literal eternal gratitude and love. Um, I do have two subscribers currently. Shout out to Jason and Audrian. Thank you so much for supporting me. Yeah, so if you want to support me and continuing to do this and cruise through life not having to work a silly little computer job, then <laughs> please feel free to subscribe. And I think that's it. Okay.
Love you. Bye.